Welcome back to One Hour in the Past. Adrian and I are super excited to get ready for our second season of this fun history podcast, and we're going to get it underway right now. Welcome to season two of One Hour in the Past, everyone. The podcast series is presented by the St. Catharines Museum and Welland Canal Center and hosted by me, Adrian Petrie, Visitor Services Coordinator, and Kathleen Powell, Curator and Supervisor of Historical Services. Our community is filled with diverse stories, and we recognize that our story begins with the indigenous peoples of this land. We acknowledge that we are recording this podcast on lands that have been inhabited by indigenous people for millennia, and we'd like to honor the centuries of indigenous peoples who walked on Turtle Island before us. As museum professionals, our jobs are manyfold: Managers, curators, interpreters, researchers, and much, much more. We found ourselves pining for some more interesting and perhaps wild history in our daily work. We have such an exciting season for you. In addition to our regular rabbit hole research, (laughs) we've decided to invite special guests to join us on our journeys through the past. We're so happy to bring you another six episodes this season, and so we hope that you'll stay with us and keep hearing unique and interesting stories from our city's history. On this episode of One Hour in the Past, we're happy to welcome Tisha Polacco and Carolyn Watson from the St. Catharines Downtown Association to talk about sidewalks. (laughs) We are really looking forward to this discussion and to having them join us. Most recently, we partnered with the Downtown Association on a fun program called Chew on This, which presented historic photos from the, from the museum's collection on tables in six restaurants downtown, bringing a more engaging dining and downtown experience to visitors and residents alike. We're really looking forward to working with them again on developing the next Chew on This series. But for one hour in the past, here we go. Are you ready to head down the rabbit hole and see where our one hour in the past has taken us? Welcome, Tisha and Carolyn from the St. Catharines Downtown Association. Thanks so much for joining us today for the podcast. Thanks for inviting us. Thanks for having us. Yay! Um, Before we get into our discussion of sidewalks, could you tell us a little bit about uh, your work and the work of the St. Catharines Downtown Association? All right. So... I'm Tisha Polacco, and I'm the executive director. Um, I've been with the St. Catharines Downtown Association for 19 years now. Mm. Um, We're the designated business improvement area for downtown St. Catharines, uh, which means we market and promote the downtown core as best we can. So uh, trying to help out all of the businesses that are down there and make people aware of them and uh, just... Get people to come downtown and, and enjoy what we have to offer. Yes, hi, I'm Carolyn Watson from the St. Catharines Downtown Association. I'm the events and marketing coordinator, and twice a year we run a dining promotion called Downtown Delish. Oh, yeah. That's where we invite <laughs> uh, many of our restaurants to offer a special fixed price lunch and dinner menu, and um, we list the menus on our website, and a lot of people come down and try places that. Uh, maybe are new to them or maybe it's a favorite and they know they can get good value with an appetizer, an entree, and a dessert at a special price. So that will be running August 16th to the 31st. Wonderful. 
Um, and uh, like us, you guys do a bit of a ghost tour. We do our cemetery tours at Victoria Lawn Cemetery, but you have a downtown ghost walk. We do. Can you give us the, the, the lowdown on that? Yes. So uh, from April through to October, we run our full moon ghost walk. So every month under the glow of the full moon, we lead guided ghost walks <laughs> through the streets of downtown St. Catharines. <laughs> and, and in late October, we have multiple walks. Uh, that's the most popular time of right. year that people want to come out sure. and listen to spooky, haunted tales. Yes, of course. Um, so uh, all information about tickets is available on our website, mydowntown.ca. Yeah, <laughs> And awesome. there's definitely a lot of history about downtown St. Catharines as well as the ghostly tales. And, that's right. Uh, we have been doing these for about 16 years yeah, 16 now. 16 years. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'd be happy to know there's a lot of ghosts in downtown St. Catharines. Oh. Spooky. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I'm happy to know that. <laughs> <laughs> <That's right. laughs> it is a very old downtown, so maybe yeah, lots, lots of maybe say a lot of a ghostly history. Right. Vague and spooky. I love it. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we thought it would be today's uh, discussion about sidewalks would be a really great matchup for uh, you folks at the Downtown Association. Since, I hope I don't steal this bit of information from anyone's <laughs> research, but since there are, St. Catharines has over 500 kilometers of sidewalks. 500 um, kilometers, there wow. There is a lot of, a lot of that is obviously downtown. Where did you get that information? The city's website, believe it or not. <laughs> wow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> I'm so excited. Catharines.ca. That's wonderful. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I thought it'd be a good matchup for us to talk about sidewalks today and have you folks into guest appear on our podcast. So with that, let's see where our research has taken us. Well, it's interesting you mentioned the how many kilometers of sidewalks there are in St. Catharines. Part of my research, which came from a book called St. Catharines, Canada's Canal City by John N. Jackson oh, and yes. Sheila M. Wilson. We know the book well <laughs> since Kathleen is sitting here with her copy of that book and I'm sitting here with my copy of that book and you're sitting there with your copy of I that book. I love this book. We keep it on a bookshelf in the office mm-hmm. and I refer to it frequently. Awesome. Um, so that book uh, had some information listed that said in 1913, St. Catharines had 29 and a half miles of cement walks or sidewalks wow. and only seven and a half miles of paved roadway at that time. Oh my gosh. So the pedestrian and not the car was still dominant mm, at that time, a hundred years ago. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So I think usually um, we start, we go around the table too. I forgot to say, we usually go around the table and say where we ended up. Ah, okay. And then we go back and sort of show how we got there. And also, I completely forgot about our definition. So I guess this mm-hmm. is what happens when you take a little bit of a, a podcast break and you come back for the first episode. So first, I'll give our dictionary definition. A sidewalk is a paved path for pedestrians at the side of the road. Hey. Who'd have thought? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Carolyn and Tish, let's hear where you guys ended up. Um, I just wanted to make one comment yeah. on that, on the definition. Did oh, you sure. know that yeah. in places like in Europe, in the UK, they call it pavement, yes, that's not right. sidewalk. Mm-hmm. Which can get really confusing mm-hmm. for people here because exactly. usually like the road is paved and pavement. Yes. yes. Or we, yes. Like, you know, we would call the... Um, 
like in the schoolyard, like the pavement section of a schoolyard is like the pavement. Or the, mm-hmm. the, tar- the tarmac like is what tarmac I called it. Or like I know yard. some Americans call it the blacktop. Yeah. And so tons of different names yes. for like all the same yes. thing. Um, so Carolyn, where did you end up? So uh, the roadmap of my research <laughs> took me from uh, the history of sidewalks in downtown St. Catharines, specifically in the late 19th century. And that took me to sidewalk etiquette. And I eventually ended up reading things about sidewalk rage (laughs) at the end of my hour of research. That's awesome. (laughs) Kathy, what about you? It's funny that uh, uh, Carolyn used that fact as her very first thing that she said, because that was actually the last thing that I got in an hour, was the exact same fact from the exact same book. Not surprising. (laughs) Not surprising. About the number of uh, kilometers or miles of paved road Mm -hmm. versus paved sidewalk in the city. Um, but I did start out with uh, just a kind of European look at right. sidewalks as a start. Right. And that's where I ended up. I guess it is a bit of a niche topic. Um, Tish, did you end up anywhere? Well, I ended up in getting totally engrossed in looking at sidewalk art. Awesome. Oh, I saw some Which is so amazing. Oh my and gosh. it can just transform yes. an area and an area unbelievably. So, That's so um, yeah, really exciting 3D and 2D sidewalk art. I like those ones that look like you're going to fall into exactly. a hole. Exactly. <gasps> oh. oh, my gosh. you got to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I ended up looking at a little bit of uh, urbanism, urban planning, pedestrian mm-hmm. zones, um, and and sort of, and then Victorian street etiquette. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> surprise! But uh, yeah, let's 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 jump back into it. Sorry to throw all that unorganization at our <laughs> listeners, but yeah, let's jump back into it with hearing your full research. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so I was using this volume that uh, I mentioned a few minutes ago. Um, I keep this because I'm fascinated with St. Catherine's history, especially as it pertains to downtown. I'm always trying to look up different things that can help out the narratives in our ghost walks or just things will come up if a certain building's being renovated. And I'll, I'll wonder, gee, I wonder if there's something I can find in this book that talks about that building from way back when. And I'm always fascinated by uh, older photos of downtown St. Catharines, mostly because I can always recognize St. Paul Street by its signature curve. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always fun to try to point, pinpoint, well, you know, the names of the businesses have changed, but you can kind of tell by the architecture or where it is in that curve. You can often see uh, the spire of uh, Silver Spire mm-hmm. Church, formerly St. Paul Street United Church, in the distance, or, um, you know, it. It's still our main street, St. Paul Street, but it's changed in so many ways. And one of the things that has changed are the sidewalks themselves. I love looking back and seeing photos that are 100 or so years old, and uh, all the shops have awnings over the sidewalks. They all have protruding um, street signs over the sidewalks. And dating way, way back, you can see that the sidewalks were, in fact, wooden (laughs) plank sidewalks. Mm -hmm. So that's where I started my research, just wondering when did the change come about from wooden sidewalks to paved sidewalks. And uh, my research led me to uh, learning about the development of downtown St. Catharines and how St. Catharines in the mid-1850s 
had pretty poorly maintained streets. Uh, I was reading reports about, you know, oh, there are too many, like, you know, cattle races in the streets. Or... There was regulation on uh, hogs in the yes. city yes. because they thought they were running loose. You have dog tags and it, dog it, licenses. It, it, it sounded like it was a real frontier kind <laughs> of town. That's right. And you wonder, you know, like, as the city grew, and it, it was evident that there were more and more businesses along St. Paul Street and other areas, um, so it seemed pretty dignified that they looked after the pedestrians first before right. they paved the streets, right? right? Yeah. Didn't you love the fact that they actually made mention of uh, loose horses in the streets? <laughs> there were so many loose horses in the streets, they had to regulate it. Really? Loose horses in the streets? And like farmers would drive their cattle th or their hogs through Strange. and they had to come up with a rule against that. Can you imagine? Well, we've seen. Yeah. There's somebody who has a oh, very large yes. pet pig in yes. downtown St. Catharines that we his, see on the sidewalk every, every once in a while. Yeah, it does. It, it makes me like rub my eyes and go, "What did I just see?" Yeah. You still see That's all wild. sorts and dances. Awesome. Yeah. So I read about um, a public meeting in 1845. So uh, it was agreed that money was going to be spent on building plank sidewalks and timber crossings. And I noticed a photograph in this book about you know a wooden sort of uh, uh, walkway across the muddy-looking street. Uh, and that was interesting. That was uh, on page 45, or page 105 of this book. <laughs> <laughs> so we can put oh, this picture oh, uh, on the blog. We can have the picture on the blog so people can see it. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely put some footnotes on the blogs for sure. But if anybody's yeah. following along at home from this book from their copy. <laughs> we all have a copy, don't we? <laughs> That's right. Yeah, everyone has a copy. So yeah, page 105. Awesome. But an interesting quote in this book uh, talks about a regular columnist for the St. Catharines Journal. A popular newspaper in the in the 1800s. It referred to the sidewalks as man traps, well calculated to break the legs of those not posted up in the geography of the town. Oh my gosh! <laughs> so I guess you can just imagine plank sidewalks, right? You know, once a board breaks, yeah. if you're mm -hmm. not looking where you're going, and you know, try to. Um, transport people from today walking down the sidewalk yeah. as they all yeah. do with their head down looking as yep. they're texting oh and if you, yeah. your leg went through women in heels a yeah. hole in mm -hmm. the uh, in the sidewalk you uh wow. were inviting injury that's yes. for certain yeah so um we'll turn the calendar um up a little to the 1870s at this time this book is talking about complaints being recorded about the condition of the streets in St. Catharines, um, requests for a new planks uh, sidewalk on St. Paul Street, and uh, the costs of laying down a six-foot plank walk in front of a business on Queen Street for a grand total of $18.48. <laughs> and there were other requests. That's a pretty good deal. Yeah, other requests for timber pedestrian crossings on several downtown streets. And I also noted uh, an item in council minutes showed uh, compensation was claimed for injuries sustained through a defective sidewalk in the Market Square. Oh. So people were suing. Uh, people were suing the city for yes compensation yeah. back then. That's right. <laughs> Things so haven't it, changed. <laughs> so it does look like it was the early 1880s that new sidewalks were installed along most of the the main streets in downtown St. Catharines. Uh, St. Paul, Queen Street, King Street, Church, James, Welland Avenue, um, and then the following year, uh, Court Street, Sorry. Niagara Street, 
Wellington Street got sidewalks, and then next uh, came Academy, Catherine, Center Street, Duke Street, etc. There were different um, materials used to build the sidewalks, still with the plank, some with brick, some with flagstone, and at varying cost. So, so before was, you move on from that, yes, I did have that fact as well mm-hmm. um, about the different things, and one type of brick that they talked about was vitrified brick block, and that mm-hmm. actually led me on this little tangent separate from that <laughs> that I thought would be interesting to share, mm-hmm. because I didn't know what vitrified mm. brick was, so I'm like, this is mm-hmm. weird, so I googled mm-hmm. that. And apparently vitrified brick was, in the United States, it was the most common form of street paving. Oh, really? And it, vitrified brick is just a brick that's fired at a higher temperature. Oh. And it makes it kind of glossy. I'm sure you've oh, seen those. Oh, yes. You've seen I, those think I, I think I can imagine that. that. Those are, are the very slippery ones when it's wet. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And uh, um, <laughs> it's just supposed to make it harder so that they could be used. And they were used for sidewalks in a lot of cities in the United States and Canada. Um, mm. And... Uh, it made them uh, more impervious to water getting inside of them and causing uh, frost and Mm -hmm. heaving and stuff like that. Um, And I know that there are lots of streets, you know, when they tear up streets, they'll find those bricks (laughs) under Uh the asphalt. They just Mm -hmm. basically would pave right over them. And uh, um, vitrified brick was very local, too, to different places. Because it was so expensive to ship bricks anywhere, most bricks were actually made within close locale oh, okay. of, that makes sense. Uh, of the places mm-hmm. that they were being used. There were brick mm-hmm. factories here in St. Catharines. Mm-hmm. I'm sure some of them made vitrified mm-hmm. bricks. I didn't mm-hmm. have enough time in my hour to, uh, <laughs> to go and take a look at that. But uh, because of the, the weight of brick, mm-hmm. it was usually locally made. And so I'm sure that there was vitrified brick being made here in St. Catharines and being used in the... It did say vitrified brick in the book. So there I was saw that. that was being used, and they must have been making it here in St. Catharines as well. So anyway, there's my little tangent about vitrified brick. I have to say vitrified brick sounds like, like an 80s punk band. Yeah. <laughs> if you start a band, you yeah. have, I have to call it vitrified brick. <laughs> we sing at a higher temperature. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> That's awesome. That's a good tangent. Uh, mm-hmm. nice. Continuing my research, um, it was it was evident in the 1880s that uh, providing sidewalks uh, took priority over paving the streets at that time. Most of the movement was still on foot. Things like mud and ruts and dust and just getting off the streets where there was sewage and there was livestock, etc., um, trying to make the the city a walkable city even Uh 140 years ago uh, was a concern as it is today. Now we have the St. Catherine Standard, which has become a newspaper now in the early 1900s, and there's um, there's some observations being made in the St. Catherine Standard about the condition of, of streets and sidewalks in the form of reminders to the readers. So in the winter, with the ice and the snow, the paper is reminding people to clear their sidewalks after a storm. Does that sound familiar, Tisha? It sure does. <laughs> our office continues to this day to remind our downtown mm-hmm. businesses to be good neighbors and yep. to keep the sidewalks clear of ice and snow to make it walkable and safe for everybody downtown. <laughs> trying to track down those absentee property owners to clean those yes. sidewalks. And then in the spring, the, the St. Catherine Standard, back in the 1890s, they published an annual warning to not ride bicycles on the sidewalks. And we are forever 
hoping that people will keep their sidewalk mm -hmm. riding to the side of the road where we have lots of marked lanes for the sidewalks. It's very dangerous when people ride their sidewalks on. Ride their, ride their, ride their bicycles. Their bikes. Well, even more dangerous when they ride their sidewalks on the bicycles. <laughs> 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 so, yes, that's a concern that still exists today. Oh. Yes. So when was St. Paul Street finally paved? Yeah. It looks like that finally happened around somewhere around 1905. And uh, it started, uh, looks like the first permanent pavement was laid on Chestnut Street, which is now known mm. as Carlisle Street. Mm. Yeah, so that started around 1905. And then we got to that little fact that I brought up in the beginning by 1913. Awesome. Lots and lots of sidewalks just starting to pave the roads at that time. Awesome. Well, thank you, Carol. Yeah, That's you're welcome. absolutely fantastic. That's a great uh, rabbit hole there. Uh, let's hear from Tisha about I, your rabbit hole. Well, I don't have quite as much as, as Carolyn, but I just wanted to add that since you kind of left off around Carlisle, Carlisle Street, yes. that uh, just two summers ago, that was the, the intersection where they changed and increased the size of the sidewalk, right. uh, St. Paul and Carlisle, um, because they realized, made the concerted effort to go back to larger sidewalks for the pedestrian flow. So really happy mm -hmm. to see that. So it's been 10 years now since we've had two-way traffic on St. Paul Street. Really 10, 10, years. Years. 10 years. I remember it like it was yes. yesterday. So I for was... 50 years, we only had one yeah. way, yeah. and now it has switched back. I was walking um, down the street, mm -hmm. I think on the first day mm -hmm. that they switched, and a bus came the wrong, like, came down. It looked like the wrong way, like, didn't it? What's happening? <laughs> and then I remember, I had read about it, and I remember. I was like, oh, okay, it's okay, everything's fine. Yes. Why is the bus coming at me right now? Yes, Doug Herod and I were both standing on the street oh waiting gosh. for something to happen. Oh he was waiting God. to write it, to put it in the paper. And yes, oh there, God, there was awesome. no huge catastrophe. No, yeah, yeah, so I thought that was interesting. You kind of left off on that, and mm -hmm. that's sort of where the... the the latest sidewalk uh, transformation what's, has taken place what's downtown. What's really interesting, I think, too, is like the in that area, the Performing Arts Center mm -hmm. is a new building, so it's maybe a bit further back than some of the older buildings that are closer to the road. And then the because of the curve of St. Paul and like the the restrictions of space in the old Canal Valley, the sidewalk on St. Paul can like get really skinny and then come back out. <laughs> yes, and then yes. you add in lampposts and yes. parking meters and, and yes. garbage cans and all that mm -hmm. stuff. So like around the Newspaper curve area, boxes, the sidewalk yes. gets really skinny. Mm -hmm. And then back at the it pack, it's like yeah. it's it's wide again. Yeah. What I really love about the new sidewalk, though, is that the name of the street is yes. in the sidewalk. Yes, awesome. and they have the grids for for people that have uh, oh, yes. physical or or visually yeah. impaired. That uh, we've added that, which yeah. is great too. So that cool. intersection's awesome. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yep. I love the, the permanent um, planter boxes as yes. well along that new yeah. section. And, yeah. and the Very patios, nice. of course. Yeah, the outdoor the patios, patios are wonderful. Are wonderful. To see. And yeah. of course, day like sunny day like today, yeah. you see them just full bursting nice. with people out and about. Just it makes it's, it more it's alive, as mm -hmm. we were talking about earlier. Definitely. Yeah. yeah, and a lot more positive pedestrian flow in downtown St. Catharines yeah. than there's been in quite a while. So, very happy about that. So. Yeah, so I was thinking, looking at things a little more modern and, and talking about street art. And um, a number of years ago, we did have uh, something called Art City, and we did have sort of a small uh, component that was sidewalk art. But I've always wanted to have a an actual sidewalk art competition in downtown oh St. Catharines. I think that would be fun and exciting since we I have such compete. great artists in in <laughs> in Niagara and is specific to uh, 
St. Catherine said that would be really something. Be so Why don't we, we should partner with the culture department and do it? Oh, I think that'd be a great idea because it's uh, it people would list. come out and, and and see that for sure, and then uh, you don't have to worry about you know what happens to it because eventually it will rain and and it'll all right. disperse. So yeah, yeah. awesome! Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love that idea that you were talking about before, like the the visual tricks that. The mm-hmm. artist can do, and mm-hmm. like it looks like you're gonna fall into exactly. a, a thing or something like that. That would be really cool yes. to yes. to see in the city. Some of those chalk artists are so talented. Yes, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. It's almost like you feel like literally you're gonna yes. fall in if you've got vertigo or something like that, or afraid of heights. Mm-hmm. It can be scary. Yeah, <laughs> if you see any videos of people, right, they're coming up to it, and and they just instinctually you walk around, or you you would not walk on it because you're either gonna fall yeah. or something's coming out at you. Yeah, yeah just incredible oh for sure. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yes. Yeah. So I encourage people if they haven't to to look up sidewalk art. <laughs> All right, Kathleen, where did you end up? Well, you heard where I ended up, but um, I started way, way back. I usually like to go to local history, so I did get a lot of the same uh, stuff that uh, that you've already talked about, because that's pretty much, this is like the Bible of local (laughs) history, so I did end up there eventually, but I started out going further back than that to find out when when sidewalks first started, because I was like, well, where did that even come from? Mm -hmm. Apparently they had sidewalks. Uh, way back to before or since 2000 BCE, so you know we're talking what 4,000 4, years ago. Years, wow! We've had sidewalks, and uh, they've been around. In they were in Turkey, which was Anatolia at the time, and Greece and Rome. Uh, and when Rome fell in the fifth century, it actually became a bit of a dark age for sidewalks. <laughs> and so, like when Rome had all of those countries in Europe, right? So they would have brought their ideals of having mm-hmm. sidewalks in a lot of those countries, like France and um, and England and that kind of thing. But once the Romans fell, and we kind of fell into a dark age in general, uh, sidewalks also fell into a dark age and mm. didn't really come back and t- get a revival again until. Uh, 1666 or somewhere. I know what that is. The Great Fire of London. (laughs) (laughs) Wow, that was cool. So the uh, that when they rebuilt a lot of London, they uh, they added sidewalks and widened the streets. I'm sure you probably heard that. You know, at that time, part of the reason for that fire was the fact that the streets were so narrow. Houses were kind of leaning way out into the streets. There wasn't a lot of regulation on what houses were built with. So there was a ton of wood and things that could catch on fire easily. And so once they decided to re, uh, rebuild the city in a way that was going to be less fire, uh, cause so many fires, uh, they added sidewalks, which was uh, um, kind of became a little bit more of a revival of, in sidewalk. But it still kind of was on the, the down low. I think it stuck to um, just the, the busier streets and stuff like that. Um, but one thing we haven't mentioned, which we did talk about the dust and the dirt and all of that kind of stuff, one thing we really didn't mention other than kind of an aside to it is the fact to remember that traffic was mostly animal powered. (laughs) (laughs) So not only are you walking in mud and ruts, but you're also walking in horse droppings. And cleaning horse droppings has been notoriously difficult in pretty much every country in the world throughout history. Finding people to want to do that has been a big challenge. Which is why in (laughs) this picture (laughs) on 105, which is what I thought was interesting, is there's actually spots where there's obviously like wood planks in 
you know, different areas of the street where you were expected to only cross at that spot, which I thought was like, it's like that crosswalk that's over by uh, the Performing Arts Center where you press the button. Oh, you know, right. You cross there. It's day. almost like that yeah. without the without the lights. <laughs> yeah. Where you know, cross at this place. Um, and I'm sure that that's common. That would have been common in a lot of well, busy streets. Well, and it's funny right? you're saying that because it wasn't that long ago where we actually did have some Niagara Regional Police on horses. And we got calls from our office because of the road apples. Well, imagine... Like, road apples. That's yes. a term. That is a yeah. term, it yes. If not so, just an album by the tragically... Um, most people really enjoyed seeing the seeing the, the horses going down St. Paul Street, but... They didn't want to clean up after They them. were just like, nasty. excuse me, in front of my establishment, so... Yeah, so... Um, all of these streets that had animals and carriages and wagons and then droppings. And then mostly the streets were also used as general sewer kind of usage. So in the mornings, people would go and empty their chamber pots in the street. And uh, if you were looking for a place to go... (laughs) Especially if you're a man, you can just go in the street. And so walking in the street actually was pretty awful. And um, in, um, in Paris, uh, prior to the mid-19th century, um, there was actually this, this thing about the streets. A lot of them are cobblestone streets. If you've ever watched the Tour de France bike race, you see they go through the cobblestone streets. A lot of those cobblestone streets were covered in all this stuff, and they became very slimy, and apparently there was, like, almost an affectation about the way people walked, and so that because you were, like, taking these little mincing steps almost like the don't step on a crack idea, (laughs) so that you were just sticking to the little bits of flagstone that weren't slimy along the road, which is kind of funny. Um, And that, you know, there was a lot of revival, and it was a lot of it was also related to health and hygiene in those cities so those cramped cities and those kind of medieval cities felt very dirty and they felt like people were getting sick because there were too Mm -hmm. many things all cramped together and so this was a part of getting uh, more air in and more light in and making places healthier and cleaner uh, and then also adding sewers Mm -hmm. and running water in the that was accessible to people and it made healthier cities and so that became kind of that revival in the Victorian period. And then this kind of somehow, I don't actually know how, but this m- made me get on a tangent towards moving sidewalks. Oh, moving sidewalks. I was kind sidewalks. of actually interested in moving sidewalks. Oh, wow. And found out that the first moving sidewalk was introduced to the public in 1893 oh, wow. at the World's Columbian Exposition in Chicago, Illinois. Wow. And it included uh, two sidewalks, one that was a version that had seating, and one where passengers could walk or stand. But it was just kind of like a, 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 you know, just a gimmick. It wasn't actually, nobody ever built one of these ones. And then in 1900, in Paris, at the 1900 Exposition, uh, they had one that had uh, three tracks, and they all moved at different speeds. Um, <laughs> one that moved very slowly, and then two that moved slightly faster. One that was kind of mid-speed, and then the other was... Uh, the fastest, which went 10 kilometers an hour, oh which is pretty fast. <laughs> and then lots of people thought this was awesome and had all these grand ideas. They were going to add moving sidewalks, but no one actually did after this. Uh, the, but the first public moving sidewalk in the United States was created in 1954. 
in a railway station, the Hudson and Manhattan Railroad Erie Station in Jersey City, in New Mm. Jersey. Uh, And it actually had a name. Its name was Speedway. (laughs) The Speedway. It was 84 meters long and operated at 1.5 miles per hour. So that's all I really found about moving sidewalks, although they did say that there are lots of moving sidewalks now, and especially in airports and in stuff airports like that. In airports especially. My earliest recollection of a moving sidewalk, I believe, was Expo 67 yeah. in Montreal. I was a very wee girl at that time, and I remember my parents saying, and they have moving sidewalks, and I was a five-year-old walking around going, I want to see the moving sidewalks. I don't, I, I don't know that I understood I was going to be moving on the sidewalk, or if I was just going to observe sidewalks moving somehow. (laughs) The moving sidewalk concept really most, I think, has been uh, brought into more usage through the escalator. It's basically Mm -hmm. the same thing as the escalator, Mm -hmm. although everybody who's been to the aquarium in Toronto has been on their moving sidewalk in there to watch the fish. Oh, Uh, yeah, through the shark uh, shark, uh, (laughs) tube. (laughs) Which I think is probably the most well-known one in my mind. Well, the one at the the, the Jewel House at the Tower of London. I was just going to say, it's the the worst one because you want to stop and take a picture, but they keep you you moving. Yes, yes. (laughs) At least at the aquarium, you can step off. Oh, yeah, no, you can't yeah, step no, up. And no, no. Oh, and they, they have people there yeah. making you hurry up, like, hurry up. You want to walk yes. backwards to go back and yes. see that. I remember telling my husband, walk slow, because they're going to make you. But then they'll like, turn up the speed. I'm just kidding. But <laughs> yes. Yeah, I remember telling him that before we got in. <laughs> There's an etiquette for being on moving sidewalks oh in airports. Oh, of course. Yeah. Yes. You know, it was like, yes. it's similar if, to escalators. If, yeah, if, yeah. You are gonna, if you are going to stand still, you would better stick to the right yeah. because the people who want yeah. to walk there is a businessman who is late for his flight exactly. on your left I yeah. know yes. that's right yeah so that's mostly what I got to the only other fact that I didn't cover that uh, um, that we haven't covered as well from the uh, St. Catherine's History book was that uh uh, even up until the turn of the century, streets downtown didn't have names on them. Mm-hmm. So I saw that it too. It was actually rare to have street names actually on a post oh. where you could see what street you were on. So unless you lived here or you were a lo- someone who'd been here often, you may or may not know wow. where to go. If someone said, go down to Queen Street, mm. you might find Queen Street. Wow. If you were lucky. And these days, like <laughs> even even a regular street sign isn't good enough for me. I need the big ones. <laughs> I'm always looking for the street sign. I need the big, big, big. Can ones. you imagine navigating a large city oh with those gosh. street signs? That'd be chaos. Yeah. Well, that's like yeah. a lot of European cities. You have to look at the building that's because true. it's on yeah. the building, right? Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Find, so, find the the intersection. Yes, and in what, exactly. And, and what quality might it be? Yes. Yeah. 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 So that's what I've got. Wonderful. So where did you end up? Well, I uh, I started at, uh, as I said, my dictionary definition, which I gave, and I ended up with a little bit of Victorian etiquette, which I'll share a little bit of. But in the middle was really interesting. Um, so uh, I was interested first in the ownership of sidewalks. I thought that was mm. kind of neat. And then, <laughs> and then, I, I read a little bit. Um, and I found that it was interesting, yes. but, you know, unsurprising that in most states in the United States... And in most cases that uh, sidewalks are paid for privately and not by the taxpayer. Um, And that comes from a case in 1917. I guess there was a big case about who's going to pay for the sidewalk. So most people are are on the hook for their own sidewalks outside of their residences or businesses. 
unless it's a sort of a major municipal project. Sidewalks in St. Catharines are a municipal responsibility. And as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, St. Catharines has approximately 500 kilometers of sidewalks. There is an annual sidewalk replacement program, which includes an, an inspection. So if you have any sidewalk issues at home, listeners, you can call the City of St. Catharines at 905-688-5600 and tell them about your sidewalk problems and it'll be included in the sidewalk review, the annual sidewalk review and, uh, and uh, replacement program. But also, just to let you know, the city is also responsible for curbs. Ooh. Curbs. <laughs> but guess what? If you need curb cut for any reason, it is $27 per meter. <laughs> if you Just want to cut like you know, a driveway. If you want your driveway, you know, opened or expanded or, or whatever, or, you know, a piece of curb cut down, it's $27 per linear meter. Mm. Just to let you know. But mm. speaking of the good neighbor and the, the everybody has a responsibility for sidewalks and that's shoveling, as we talked about before. Um, shoveling, what is the term? Shoveling down to bare pavement, I that's believe right. is, the, is, yes. the, is the term. Yeah. Um, so that's everybody's responsibility here. I grew up in Ottawa and I also grew up in the country. So we didn't have sidewalks where I grew up. So we never had to shovel them. And I came to Brock University thinking, <laughs> you know, oh yeah, like the city's going to take care of sidewalks. And then... <laughs> Uh-huh. No, no, I had to shovel a sidewalk, and I was like, what the heck is this? You have to shovel a sidewalk. But a bylaw, 2008-315, requires people to shovel their sidewalks, not only in front, but also beside your residence if you have a corner property. That brought me to uh, the development of pedestrian zones. Pedestrian zones and sidewalks were usually associated with shopping, as you mentioned earlier, mm-hmm. Carolyn. And I just thought it was interesting that the Penn Center actually started out as an outdoor pedestrian mm-hmm. pedestrian zone or pedestrian shopping mall um so pedestrian zones in downtown areas seem to be um ebb and flow i guess in popularity uh whereas we were talking about before some sidewalks are in really good repair where we want people to go and spend time and maybe they're big to accommodate patio and and human interaction and some sidewalks where we maybe aren't as concerned about are small and not very appealing so uh the (laughs) curb appeal uh in the sidewalk uh popularity and the the and competition with vehicle traffic i guess are are sort of two um major factors about development of pedestrian zones especially in urban areas so that led me a little bit into urban planning but in the 50s and 60s there was a big movement against the vehicle and what it was doing to urban America and suburban America. And the idea was if we increase um, sidewalks, then pedestrian places will be, well, it'll be safer, but also it'll be easier to get more people downtown and moving around. So imagine a big city like New York City, if you restrict vehicle flow, then it's a safer place for pedestrians and it's a happier place for pedestrians. We want our urban places to be friendly walking environments, but the car went out eventually. So these movements were, you know, great 50s, 60s, but then the 70s, 80s, mm-hmm. sidewalks were torn up for an extra lane of traffic. And so, you know, when you're driving around, you can sort of see that in some places. Mm-hmm. St. Paul Street uh, has, you know, d- over time, different uh, different sidewalk uh, lengths and different but streets in the city. it's getting switched back now. It is, uh, yeah. Like you right. mentioned New York City, Times Square now, that yeah. area is totally pedestrian. Yes, that's right. They realize the benefit of making that. So. Exactly. There was an area that comes to mind that... Um, this pedestrianized um, 
area uh, didn't really work, and I think that was Spark Street in Ottawa. Well, yeah. it's also had a revival. Okay. Yes. Um, so initially, yes, it, it didn't really take off. But again, it's turned around, mm-hmm. and it's become a popular pedestrian area so yeah it's it's a it's an interesting example looking mm-hmm. at it from a kid because there was a when I, when I was a kid there there was a Zellers there on the corner of I'm gonna get yelled at if I can't remember the street name so I'm not gonna <laughs> say it but there was a Zellers but then Zellers closed and then yep. I think there I don't know if there's anything in that building right now I but think there's a big H&M might, or something yeah, right something in like that, that corner now but for a while you're right it was uh, it was not a fun place to be and then the wind goes that direction in the winter mm. so it's terrible in the winter but um, now a lot of the parliamentary precinct offices are moved onto Spark Street because mm. of the lack of availability on Parliament Hill for renovations and stuff like that mm-hmm. so there's actually a lot more Parliament staff and MPs on Spark Street but we're in a huge tangent, but also that's where Canada's only political assassination took place in 1868. Oh, really? Thomas, oh. Thomas Darcy, Darcy McGee, McGee was shot, oh. was shot oh. by a... Oh, I didn't realize that. Sounds yeah. familiar. Wow. Thomas Darcy Big McGee was shot the in the back of the head by... On Spark Street. On Spark Street. <gasps> he lived on Spark Street, and he was shot at, outside of his apartment by a, what we assume is a phenium. There's no actual proof, mm. but uh, like 100% proof. But the man who was convicted was a Fenian, and I, maybe it was a bit of a scapegoat, but there's a big Fenian problem at that time. Huge tangent. Later, we <laughs> arrive back. <laughs> we arrive back about making the city more friendly, and there's a bunch of uh, movements to make cities more friendly to either bicycles or, or uh, pedestrians. There's a, a movement called Bicycle City, which is also related to car-free day. And then there's also principles of intelligent urbanism, which talk a lot about sidewalks and the use of sidewalks in making uh, urban places more friendly. However, it was a ton of reading, so I just crossed it out. Because <laughs> 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 I didn't want to spend my whole hour on that. But speaking of making pedestrian areas more friendly, I figured I should pull up the old Victorian etiquette of etiquette on the street and see what is still appropriate today. There's a few things. Um, first of all, in bowing your head, the head should be at best a mere lowering of the eyelids affected by some people. Is It is rude, but etiquette does not permit a familiar nod except between businessmen or very intimate friends. <laughs> so just be careful with your nods and the depth oh. of your nods. No, when because you, you wouldn't want to recognize someone who is below your station right. or... <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Or someone who you, you don't want to talk to. You might have an acquaintance you don't want to have to have mm. in the future. So, speaking of cell phones, our heads are bowed all the time. And also, <laughs> I am guilty of using a cell phone when I wanted to sort of maybe avoid someone. Um, <laughs> or not, or, you know, not also not speak to a stranger. But if you're going to greet, pe- greet people on the street, make sure that your head is at the right level for greeting. Um, in carrying canes, umbrellas, and packages, and packages, and packages, care should be taken that they do not inconvenience others. Oh, so, so I if think, you have that giant oh. box of Beachwood donuts, you have to make sure you don't you bang it. Or, or that giant yeah. golf umbrella that yeah. I sometimes <laughs> have in It's <laughs> walking down the street. <laughs> so I think it's fine. I think there isn't really a rule, but as long as you don't inconvenience mm. others. I have noticed recently in, in the last few times I've been out walking with uh, with my kids and I have a bag that I need to remember to put the bag on the other side because it's just bumping into both of us as we're going along. And that is bad sidewalk right. etiquette. If I was Victorian, you are I would have been that, mm. that guy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
You probably would have been told. Madam, yeah. move your bag. Yeah. Well, my, my kids do say that. Uh, <laughs> they just say, can you move your bag? Yeah. You keep bumping into me. Your kids don't say madam? No. <laughs> I haven't enforced that yet. <laughs> in, uh, in meeting on a street crossing, so let's say you're... You, you know, somebody needs to give way. The right of way, gentlemen should always make way for ladies and younger persons always for older ones. Ladies and gentlemen, when on the sidewalk, should always pass on the right, as we've been talking. In the evening or whenever safety may require, a gentleman should give a lady his arm. A gentleman may may take two ladies upon his arms, but under no circumstances should the lady take uh, the arms of two gentlemen. Oh. Under no circumstances. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Wow. Oh, Victorians. <laughs> they love those rules. A gentleman will assist a lady over uh, from a, a carriage, uh, out of a carriage, uh, without waiting uh, on the formality of an introduction. So that's okay. No gentleman will smoke when walking with or standing in the presence of a lady in the street or on the street. Yes, that's a good one. No smoking. No gentleman should stand on the st- on street corners, steps of hotels, or other public places and make remarks about ladies passing by. Oh, <laughs> that is a very good rule. So the, the Victorians did not accept catcalling. I don't know why we would ever accept catcalling today. That is not acceptable. So listen up, gents, from me. No gentleman should stand on street corners, steps of hotels, or other public places. Make remarks about ladies passing by. That's or construction terrible. sites. Or construction sites or, <laughs> you know, other things. A true lady will go quietly and, and unobtrusively about her business when on the street, never seeking to attract the attention of the opposite sex, at the same time recognizing <laughs> acquaintances with a courteous bow and friends with pleasant words of greeting. Usually when I see friends on the street, I'm either greeted like a, hey, or a, oh my gosh, hello, as loud as can be. And we like to make attention. So I, I don't know, that's kind of an interesting rule. Like, you know, be like everybody just sure. be demure and like keep to yourselves rather than saying, hey, or whatever, shouting or whistling across the street, trying to get somebody's attention. So a little bit different. I guess Victorian streets were chaotic enough with yeah. horses, horses, cows, pigs. Cares. Yes, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't want to startle anybody and have yeah, them trampled oh by that. Gosh. Yeah, that would be terrible. You start. What happened to you today? I started a stampede, <laughs> <laughs> saying hello to someone. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Carolyn thank and Tisha, you for our for sidewalk chat. Us. That today. was fun talking yes. about sidewalks. I learned absolutely. a lot. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks for coming down the rabbit hole with us. And thanks to Tisha and Carolyn for joining us as our special guests. Make sure to visit mydowntown.ca for all the cool dining specials, program details, and fun contests. That's the St. Catharines Downtown Association at www.mydowntown.ca. Make sure to subscribe to One Hour in the Past and the museum's other podcast, Museum Chat Live, on SoundCloud or iTunes, so you don't miss an episode. Also, we're always looking for ideas to spend one hour in the past researching. If you have a topic you'd like to see us tackle, connect with us at www.facebook.com slash St. Catharines Museum, or on Twitter and Instagram at STC Museum. We're so looking forward to chatting with you all again on our next episode of One Hour in the Past. 
One Hour in the Past is produced by us, Kathleen Powell and Adrian Petrie, and brought to you by the St. Catharines Museum and Welland Canal Centre and the City of St. Catharines. <laughs>